Welcome back to What A Hit Son. After our great end of season episode last week with the three guys, um, I really, again, would like to thank them for a fantastic episode. Today I thought I would reflect upon my predictions I made for the podcast earlier in the season after seven games. And what I was going to do was kind of compare, obviously, how obviously the table ended up um, and how wrong I was, as well as maybe getting one or two right. Um, I can tell you in advance before before I talk through the different things. Uh, it's it was an interesting table I put together, um, kind of after seven games, and a lot of things did change. Obviously, after that, um, uh, not and not as many teams finished where I, I thought they would. Um, a few big surprises, obviously, as as we spoke about last week. Um, but I did get a few right, and I'll go into more detail kind of as we go along. Um, so obviously. To in hold the, the league in general this season was probably one of the most competitive I think in regards to uh, the top four wasn't decided until the last day the fourth spot the rele- uh, the relegation the last team that could be relegated wasn't uh, wasn't decided until the last day and then obviously the kind of who qualified for the Europa League and who qualified for um, the Conference League wasn't decided really until the last day um, between obviously um, the, the one or two teams that were playing for it. So um, the way I'm going to start this is obviously I'm going to work my way from the bottom up. So we'll talk about obviously each team as we go, along, go through them um, and kind of reflect on why I think they finished there or why I got it wrong maybe. Um, but obviously first thing I'd like uh, to start off as so the bottom three. So obviously the team that finished bottom of the table, and the first team I got right was obviously Norwich. So uh, Norwich, really, I think everyone knew when they came up after the season before. I think just they don't have, they didn't have the squad needed to challenge to stay in the in the league. I think. Your main target man is Timu Puki, and when he's not firing, your team's not performing. I think Norwich's side were very was a very weak side. Like they had one or two players who have experience in Premier League football. They brought in one or two nice players, but I think their squad in general wasn't made for the league. And I think they kind of knew that they were coming up to go back down. Obviously, they they fired their manager kind of through the season. Then they obviously brought in Dean Smith um, after he kind of was fired from from Aston Villa and really he didn't make much of a difference. He got one or two results out of them in, in, in games. But I think kind of we knew kind of after seven games that they, they were not going to uh, to survive, obviously, in the league. And um, at the end of the day, when you have a team finishing with 22 points in the in the season, it's not really good. Um, uh, for, kind of thing for a league minus sixty-one goal difference as well. Also, not very good for for a team. Obviously, defensively they were kind of leaking goals more than scoring. Um, like when you look at kind of their results, kind of even in their last five games, they only got one draw out of that, and the rest were all losses. So, that kind of really summed up their season for them. Um, obviously, then nineteenth place. Um. This is the the f- first team I kind of was one position off um thing. So I said Burnley, um, who obviously finished eighteenth, which we'll go more into that. 
um, and who actually finished in the in the bottom three in nineteenth was Watford. So speaking of uh, Watford, uh, Watford, uh, I think were another team as well, who I think they came up. You thought, oh yeah, they might they might play they might play well, they might get it. They had some nice players, obviously Manuel Dennis. Um, you've obviously Sar. Um, some some nice kind of talented players, but the problem I have at Wofford is they replaced manager too regularly. Um, like they've had they had I think it was three managers this season. So obviously Ranieri, you had Hodgson was the last one, and then I can't remember the name of the other manager as well. But like three managers in a season just really sums up the state of Wofford at the moment. Like the owners are the type of one you'll get three or four results against against G and straight away you'll um you'll sack the manager or stuff like that. And I just think the way Wofford were playing this season whatever manager they had, it, they were coming into a sinking ship really in regards to uh in the league. I just think Wofford weren't good enough to stay up. Um obviously twenty three points, one point more than, than Norwich really uh, it showed in games against Man City when Man City scored like seven, go- five, six, seven goals against them. Um, it, it's it's not it's not a side that that's destined to stay in the Premier League. Um, and the signings that they made, kind of they 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 do this thing which really annoys me. Is you'll see now what will happen this summer is Watford obviously because the owners of Wofford also own uh, Udinese. They seem to just swap and sell players to, from one club to the other. It's like Wofford will come up. Okay, well, let's let's sell them some of our players from our Udinese side. And then now Wofford, because they're going back down, now they'll sell players the other way to their Udinese side to kind of beef up their team. It's a bit frustrating to watch as a fan. Like You'd want to see them go out, bring in some players, managers getting chance getting the chance to try their philosophy like this whole okay i'll give you 10 games if if you've a 50 percent win rate or less i i'm, I'm gonna fire you anyway it, it's not great and i think the owners need to need to look at that more clearly and say okay we need to give a manager longer because it's really showing that they're not being given enough time by the club um so i think um no surprise there, kind of th- that they fell in. Um, obviously, I, I I'll, I'll tell you now, I didn't didn't say Watford. Obviously, to finish in the bottom three, but I, they were one of my ones closest to the bottom three uh, when they watched because they did look good at at the start and then kind of everything deteriorated for them. Then eighteenth was one I I got wrong um, by. A good few positions. Uh, the team I said was Southampton, who obviously finished fifteenth in the table. Um, I actually didn't 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 think they'd get out. I just thought the uh, the players they brought in weren't good enough. Uh, really, James Ward Prowse really did really carry that team for them. Um, he's been he was been such a pivotal player for them all season. Um, and obviously Burnley did finish eighteenth in the actual table. Um, who were who I said 19th originally. Um, speaking of Burnley, um, one thing I can say after the season is I'm glad Burnley got relegated because I think this whole Sean Dyche being with you for 10 years, 
and then you decide to sack him close towards the end of the season because it looks like you're going down to see if someone else can save you. It's kind of very disrespectful to a man who's had such success getting them into the league, helping them survive in the league, then getting relegated, then coming back up. He's he's been such a such an idol of a manager, I think, for for many uh, managers who want to be successful and get up into the Premier League and not have the the financial stability to obviously bring in big players. Now, obviously, they've got new owners there, and I think that was slightly because of the new owners. Um, but I I said it to everyone, um, kind of, uh, who's who's listened um to podcasts or I've been speaking to after the season and i that's the one team i'm actually glad have gone back down because for sacking a guy who's been so successful with you the only thing you deserve is to be relegated um and it'll be interesting to see kind of how burnley perform going back down like looking at the three teams going back down norwich i don't think will come back up um straight away i do think it'll take them a few seasons um if they are to come back up um, Watford, you never know with them. It depends who they bring in. Depends how many players leave. If they lose a lot of players to other clubs or want them to come back into the Premier League, that is going to be a problem. Burnley will not come back up. Um, I'll tell you that now. Burnley will not come back up. Um, obviously they got rid of their main striker. Obviously Chris Wood brought in Vals Veghorst, who's admitted now already that he's not going to be at Burnley next season. Obviously, he doesn't want to be playing in the championship, um, and especially in the World Cup year, um, he needs to be playing at, at a high level to get into the, the Netherlands squad. Um, so, yeah, so of the three, I think the only team you could realistically see come back up next season is Watford, because obviously Watford have a good squad. Norwich, with that, Timu Puki is the main man who gets them goals. If he's not performing, they're not going to perform. Now he could thrive, obviously going back to the the championship as he's as he's done many seasons. But Burnley, I do not see them coming back up um, quickly, and I do actually see them losing a lot of players this summer to clubs maybe who've come up to the Premier League. Seventeenth um, was a team I actually did get correct as well, so it'll be my second team I got correct in the table, uh, which is obviously Leeds. Um and obviously they were 17th in the, the actual table. Leeds, uh, to be honest, uh, I did I did think they'd come, stay up just because um, of the, the, the style of football they play. They're a very pressing team. They press for not, try and press for most of the 90 minutes, and they do somehow get goals. Obviously, they weren't helped this season by the amount of injuries they had. Um, that did not help. Um, obviously Patrick Bamford was really kind of affected by kind of injuries obviously Rafinha kind of carried the team most of the season Dan James had some nice performances um, but uh, obviously Calvin Phillips um, was hot and cold as well obviously he had a few injuries throughout the season as well um, so looking at Leeds realistically kind of you knew kind of looking at them that they weren't going to uh, make it easy for themselves to stay up. They're not a strong side. They don't have a good squad depth. Um, and it, with injuries, they they do they do struggle. Um, 
four players. Um, and I think now this summer they're going to lose their probably their most important player in Rafinha. Obviously, he's been linked with Arsenal uh, for transfer rumours. Um, obviously, Barcelona is another big one that look like they're interested in him as well. Um, kind of reported fi- figure kind of to get him would be fifty five million, um, which is a good fee for a good strong player. Obviously, he doesn't want to be. He wants to be playing regular for a high team as well, especially same situation World Cup. He wants to be at a top team playing games, playing, maybe winning some trophies as well, so that he gets that call-up for the World Cup squad for Brazil, especially with you know, when you look at the amount of Brazilians that play in the Premier League, he needs to kind of put his name top of the list when you've got like likes of Gabriel Martinelli, um, Gabriel Jesus, um, there's uh, obviously Coutinho, there's a lot of players in the Premier Brazilian players in the Premier League that that he's competing with, obviously for um, spots. So uh, it will be interesting to see. I do think if Leeds lose Rafinha, I do think they're one of my favourites to go down next season, um, just because um, if they don't bring in the right replacement for Rafinha, um, it's really going to affect them. I know they've all, they've signed one or two players already, kind of midfielders, but uh, there's not. Rafinha will be a huge player to try and replace. Obviously, um, Dan James seems to have um, hit things off there. Seems to suit him playing for them. So uh, it will be interesting to see. Obviously, if if that is um, something he'll he'll um, if that'll suit him, and if they'll uh, be successful and be able to stay up next season. Now. 16th in my table was Watford, but um, obviously they finished in the bottom three. But the shock to me, I think, now looking back on it, is the fact that in 16th place in the the end end result was Everton. Now, I'll tell you this, Everton in my table, I actually predicted them to be in Europe next season. I thought, obviously, Rafael Benitez, he started them off well. They seemed to be kind of doing well, getting results and that. And then everything just fell apart for them. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin's injury was a big, big, big part of um, an impact for them. To see um, Ravel Benitez got the sack and then obviously Frank Lampard came in and Frank was able to kind of stable the ship and get them the results to, um, to keep them up. Now, I do think... The main focus for Everton this summer is to try and hold on to Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. Um, I think they're two big, big players, obviously, for them. Um, obviously, we know what happened with Sigurdsson, that obviously he's he's now no longer with Everton. Um, they obviously lost John Joe Kenny as well. Um, they have a nice squad, but... They need to be busy in the transfer window this summer as well because team a lot of teams around them, including the teams that are coming up, are going to be pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. That if they're not busy in the transfer window and don't bring in the right players, they could be potentially another team that could be fighting to avoid relegation. And I know my dad, especially, will not want to see Everton fighting to avoid relegation next season. They want to be up 
where they sh- Everton should be, which is up in the top half of the table. That's where Everton should be because they're a very, very strong side and um, full of quality. Um, and I think if they lose Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin, obviously Richarlison's been linked with Arsenal and Spurs. Um, more than likely, looks like he could be going to Spurs for about £60 million. Calvert-Lewin has been linked with Arsenal. Um, would see probably Arsenal style, but it's, I think the one thing that puts me off them is is the whole injury prone. Um, especially this season was a perfect season to show how injury prone he was. Um, if they don't replace them, if they lose them, that that'll pay a heavy toll on them. So it'll be interesting to see, um, how that how that finishes out. Um, obviously then fifteenth in the table then i said newcastle myself and uh obviously southampton finished there um so southampton as i said earlier uh the main thing probably with them was james ward prowse was probably probably one of the best players uh in the league kind of in the second half of the season as well he consistently performed and performed and performed for southampton and was probably a key part in them, obviously getting the results to to avoid relegation. At one stage, kind of later in the season, you were thinking, oh, they're going to get dragged into this because um, they didn't look comfortable. Um, but they did get results. Obviously, the last four games really showed, obviously, losses kind of left, right and center um, didn't really help. But I think kind of at that stage, you knew they were safe. Um they are a team that need to buy this summer. Um, they need to be busy. Um, I think most of the teams in the bottom half of the table need to be busy this summer. Um, otherwise, they again, another team who could be dragged into the relegation battle, uh, obviously, next season. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with um, with them, obviously, um next season and obviously this summer with with in regards to obviously recruitment then uh 14th spot um i said crystal palace um i thought um that was kind of a good thing for Vieira. obviously they finished higher they actually finished 12th on the table which was very good um for patrick Vieira for his first season he's been given the time to to allow his philosophy to come in obviously um the in the actual table Aston Villa finished 14th now again this is another team I thought they'd finish in the top half of the table but um obviously Dean Smith was sacked throughout this uh, in the season and uh, Gerard came in took a bit of time obviously for Gerard's philosophy to come in but uh it looks like he's getting a uh, good part, good good amount out of the players that he's brought in. Obviously, he brought in some players familiar to him in Lucas Dinier. Obviously, he played for Everton. Seems to have really settled into that um, Aston Villa squad. Uh, Philip Coutinho has been on another level um, for for them. Um, really, kind of recently, um, and now obviously. Already in the summer, he's he he signed a few players as well to um to come in 
which uh, shows his incentive, obviously, to push the side to challenge for, for Europe, you know. Um, obviously, Leon Bailey di- didn't really kind of go well for him. He, he had a lot of injuries, which which didn't help um, him. Um, but I do think, uh, looking at this squad um, that they had, um, they haven't been impacted, really, by... Um, the whole um, leave, leaving of uh, Jack Grealish, like, and so, like, this summer, obviously, they, they confirmed, obviously, a permanent signing of Philip Coutinho. Obviously, Robin Olsen's going to sign per- sign permanently. Um, they've brought in a very, very good player of uh, Bubakar Kamara as well um, from Marseille on a free transfer. Um, very good young talent, only 22 years of age, was a stand-up performer for Marseille and then finishing second in the league. And then probably one of the surprise signings, I didn't expect them to to get him. Um, he was linked more with a kind of Newcastle, uh, West Ham and Chelsea at one point as well, obviously, is Diego Carlos from Sevilla. So uh, Gerard seems to be able to, to pull in bit, some some good quality players. And I do think... Looking at their squad now and looking how Jared's getting them performing. Um, at first, they were a bit... Obviously, earlier in the season, uh, there was question marks of, over them um, and how they're performing. But now, obviously, the permanent signing of Philip Coutinho and some of the players that they brought in, I think they're going to be a lot stronger next season. I do think they will finish a lot higher than what they did this season. Uh, I think Jared is a very good manager. He's shown it at Rangers. Obviously, Rangers, after he left kind of earlier in the season, went on to get into the final of of the uh, Europa League, which was very impressive. Um, and I think he will get Aston Villa challenging for maybe Europe next season, or he'll be in the top 10 for sure, because I, I do think the quality of players he has uh, at his um, dispersal is very good. Like, obviously, you've got... Um, some quality defenders there now. Obviously, Mings, who's performing very well for them. Diego Carlos now will kind of help solidify that defense. Lucas Digne seems to have settled in perfectly in there. So I do think um, I was surprised that where they finished on the table when you looked at how they signed. Obviously, they made they were at a profit. Obviously, from the the, the last transfer window. Obviously, with the uh in the summer from who they let out and they were looking very strong in some of the performances that they played um and how they were finishing everyone was thinking oh yeah this is going to be good and after seven games you're like oh yeah they'll be fine they'll be top 10 and just really kind of just fell apart for them kind of earlier in the season but jared was able to rock the ship obviously on last game of the season was something he'll definitely be looking back on obviously with the whole um, being two goals up against Man City and then throwing it all away to uh, lose the game, which in space of five minutes, which is in the second half, which is not good enough for a Premier League side. Um, definitely something obviously he'll be looking to improve. Obviously, and as you can see, he is trying to improve already this summer. Um, and I definitely will see definitely see more signings happening for obviously Villa this summer. Then obviously after that, um. I had uh, 13th in the table. I had Wolves. Now, obviously, Wolves were a surprise when obviously they finished in the top 10. You will see kind of the one or two that finished in the top 10 because of this. 
Um, and the team that actually finished in 13th in the actual table was Brentford, who I actually predicted to finish 12th. So it was obviously one one position off um, where they actually finished. I actually pre- predicted them to finish higher. Um, so it was very close to that one. Um, obviously, Brentford, um, in my opinion, have had a fantastic season. Um I know they would have loved to finish in the top 10, but when you look, I think a lot of people didn't think they'd finish as well as they did. I think they were very comfortable against a lot of the big sides. Um, Obviously, they got first game of the season. They got fantastic result against Arsenal. I know, yeah, Arsenal had a few COVID cases and stuff like that. Still a strong Arsenal side that went out against them, and Brentford really showed... Their home, their home stadium is their fortress. It's very hard to go there and get a result. And I think what they did in in their performances was evident. Um, the good good games against Liverpool, obviously, um, got a, a draw against them as well. Good, uh, unlucky against Chelsea. Um, at home, obviously, they had so many shots and lost one nil. Then obviously, then beat them on a four one. Um. I do think the signing of Christian Eriksen uh, was an absolute masterstroke um, from Brentford. I do think that did help push them better, got certain players playing a lot better than than they have been. Obviously, he Ivan Tony seemed to kind of suited into that. Eriksen, his deliveries, his assists is just uh, he's just world class. <laughs> And to be honest, for me, I'm not saying this is bias or anything. I'd love to see him stay at Brentford. It's not because uh, he's been linked with, obviously, Spurs. And it's nothing to do with that. I just think the way he's fitted into that Brentford team, I know he's got Danish players around him and stuff like that, but they seem to be able to get the best out of him. And if a team's able to get the best out of you, that's all you want. You just want to be playing football. You just want to be... um thing. Obviously, the other thing on his mind right now, obviously, he's out of contract at the moment. Brentford have offered him thing. A few other teams apparently in discussion, including Spurs, as I've said. Ericsson will want to win trophies. And if you're not going to supply that, Brentford, realistically, don't think we'll get trophies. Um, He'll be wanting to look. Now, he won't be looking for a big salary knowing him. He just wants to play football. It's a World Cup year as well. Um, I'm not sure how long, much longer he wants to play for um, as well, obviously, with his heart condition and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I'm just, I think that was one of my favorite things to see this season is to actually see Christian Eriksen. Obviously, today when I'm recording is actually a year since the incident happened um, with with his heart. Um, so um, it's great to see a year down the line he's back back playing he's had a, a great half season um obviously with Brentford and he's back playing what he wants to play um which is fantastic um so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with Ericsson Brentford um good side I I do wonder though will they have second syndrome season um uh, second season syndrome next season uh in regards to obviously not performing as good as they ha- they they have been and end up kind of getting relegated, and obviously then trying to hold on to certain players like Ivan Tony as well, in case some clubs come in looking for him. So it'll be interesting to see where uh, 
what happens with that, uh, and if um, they were uh, if uh, Tony will stay. Um, so kind of we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, then obviously in the table, twelfth uh, place. Obviously, I said I I predicted Brentford, and in the actual table, it was Crystal Palace. Now, Crystal Palace, to be honest, I think have been fantastic this season. Obviously, we said it about um, in the podcast last week. I think Patrick Vieira has done a fantastic job. Um, I do think, as a coach, he's underappreciated. Um, he did a very good job at New York City, kind of for his first big kind of coaching role um, as manager of them. I've actually, I was actually saw. That team played some nice players. Obviously, Frank Lampard was there. Uh, Perlo was there. David Villa was there kind of when he was uh, the manager. He did a great job, obviously, getting a good squad there. Then he went to Nice. Didn't really work out as well for him at Nice, but uh, with what he's been given at Crystal Palace, it seems he's been able to focus on getting his philosophy across. Very good philosophy. Very well-disciplined very pressing kind of type of thing. Got great results against Arsenal um, with the whole pressing thing. Um, and obviously signing Conor Gallagher on loan was was very good. He seemed to suit that thing. Now I think they're trying to see if they can sign him permanently. He is a player that he likes. Um, I do think he'll be busy this summer trying to, to, to sign some players for that squad to get to that next step where maybe he might break into the top 10 um that's probably where what he's focused on now um this summer um but i do think um he's had a very good season i was asked this kind of earlier in the season as well about him could i see patrick vieira eventually at arsenal yes um i do think down the line uh, we could see kind of an ex-Arsenal icon like Vieira or Henri, depending on obviously so at some stage coming in because they'd be familiar with the kind of philosophy that, that Arsenal goes for, which is obviously young players coming in to the squad, playing a certain way, passing kind of ball, um, as well as kind of, and winning trophies. Um, I do think, obviously, Arteta at the moment, very good. Looks like he's doing very well. Doesn't have the experience. I think that was the mistake Arsenal made signing him. They should have brought in a manager who's got the experience of playing. Like Arteta, until he came into Arsenal, um, was uh, an assistant coach to Guardiola. Yeah, he was assistant coach to a great coach uh, slash manager. Um, But I think Vieira now, he's getting the experience of Crystal Palace. I can't see him down the line maybe coming in as a manager of Arsenal at some point um, once he has more experience as well. Um, So it would be interesting to see kind of how that... But I do think Crystal Palace, I think they'll be a a team that will stay up next season as well. Uh, I think they'll be at least mid-table, kind of of between 12th and, and 10th, probably more than likely kind of going on how they've performed this season. Um, then obviously after uh, 12th, then is 11th. I said for this was uh, Brighton and Hove Albion, who I was two positions off for them. And the team that actually finished 11th was a team that I predicted to finish 15th, which is Newcastle. 
Now, the reason I said Newcastle to finish 15th was because at the time they weren't looking that great. They were in the bottom three at the time, but I did think they'd, they'd get out of the bottom three, which I wasn't wrong. Obviously, they've got the Saudi owners. Um, I do think um, they've been quiet now so far, really. Obviously, they signed Target on a permanent deal. I do think they will be very busy kind of mid to late summer um, signing players because the next thing the owners will want is for them to be in Europe. Eddie Howe, uh, we said it last week, um, has been a fantastic coach for them. He really has um, gotten the best out of that Newcastle team. Um, no one expected them to be playing so well to the to, to the point that uh, they finished so much higher than they were. Obviously, they were in the bottom three. I think they were bottom of the table when I was making my predictions. Uh, and everyone thought, oh, Newcastle are going down. <laughs> this is a joke. The Saudi owners come in and still are going to be relegated. Obviously, Newcastle weren't helped with the fact that, obviously, Callum Wilson got injured in the season and was out for a fair bit of time. But what happened was when Eddie Howe came in, he's really, really put his philosophy into that team. I know I'm using the word philosophy so many times. Um, this Newcastle team looked very strong. and They look like everyone wants to give 110%. And the signing of Bruno Guimaraes is just has been a masterstroke, really, from Newcastle. I never expected someone like Bruno Guimaraes to go to Newcastle. Not to the fact that I don't think Newcastle are a great team. I thought he wants to be playing in Europe. Newcastle obviously aren't there. He's kind of gone there for the kind of um, the challenge to try and help Newcastle go further up the table uh, and get into Europe, obviously. Um, now, if they don't get into Europe, he will be gone and he will go to a big club. Um, because he's already shown how much quality he has. Obviously, they signed Trippier as well, who's scored some key goals for them. Um, now, Joe Linton is being used in his right position, uh, kind of midfield slash winger, um, which seems to suit him rather than playing up front. Um, so we'll be interested to see if uh, next season they can get that next step up and break into the top 10 and maybe challenge for Europe. I do think they will be busy this summer, especially now they have all this money that they can use. Um, so don't don't expect them to um, be finishing kind of low in the bottom half table, trying to avoid relegation. This is a team that are kind of progressing and are at some, at some stage down the line will be challenging for trophies uh, in the league, no, no doubt, especially with the money that, that, that'll be there available to them every season um, so definitely keep an eye on that um, but Eddie Howe definitely been fantastic really um, since he's come in and kind of been the difference in getting them from bottom of the table all the way up to to, to almost breaking into the top 10 this season then you have obviously 10th position table you have uh, Wolves now Wolves uh, obviously have been a team I didn't expect to finish as high. I said for them to finish 13th. I didn't actually expect them to finish in the top 10. I just thought um, they're not as strong as they used to be. Um, obviously, Raul Jimenez um, can be hot and cold. 
Um, and obviously they had they lost some players down the down the years. Obviously Jota um, was kind of a big loss for them. Um, I think Ruben Neves has been a big big key player for them. I think if they lose him this summer, that is going to be a big loss for them that they'll need to replace. Obviously, the famous thing um, with uh, Wolves is the whole bringing in Portuguese players. It seems to be um, a good thing for them um, because they seem to all be settling in very well. And what they bring in um, was obviously uh, Pedro Neto. Um, then obviously they brought in Huang Hee Chan. Uh, had a few injuries kind of throughout the season, but had put in some strong performances. Uh, is looking like a decent player, obviously. Um, did look good um, kind of earlier in the season, then had the knocks, then kind of was out for a while, now kind of came back and has shown glimpses as well, kind of with that. I do think um, they need to kind of invest this summer as well if they want to be getting to that next step of challenging for Europe. Um, there is a bit of a gap between them and kind of, West Ham and United and Arsenal kind of at the moment, which they'll need to invest if they want to even get to that next stage. Um, so we'll will be interesting to see. Um, I do think uh, though, if they lose Ruben Neves, that's going to be a big loss for them. Um, some other players they had in there, obviously Jaminho and that, who kind of come into the later stages of their career, that they, they need to be able to try and hold on to Ruben Neves, but if a big name comes in for them, it's going to be very hard to, to keep him, especially the likes of what they've done with other players over, over the time. Obviously, Adama Traore is coming back. Didn't really kind of play well for them this season, then went to Barcelona. It hasn't really worked well for him at Barcelona, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him this summer if he gets sold on or if he gets the chance to try try and get back into that squad again. Um, but yeah, ten, tenth for Wolves, um, which I said I think Aston Villa was who I said, um, which uh, obviously Villa was further down the table. Um, ninth in the table uh, was Brighton and Hove Albion, who obviously I said earlier I said eleventh uh, for them, so um, surprised with that. Um, and obviously, I predicted West Ham to finish in ninth, uh, who obviously finished in seventh in the actual table. So obviously, Brighton and Hove Albion, um, same thing kind of happened to them this season that happened last season. Um, Brighton started very, very strong, um, were winning um, games left, right and center, getting good results against good teams. And then went through this period of just loss after loss after loss after loss after loss. Now, the reason they've obviously finished in the top 10 is literally down to the last five or six games. Obviously, the last five games of the season, three wins and two draws, um, which kind of shows... I think what happened with Brighton is... They've got strikers that can be hot and cold. So obviously Neil Mope was probably a big part of their season. He ha he can he can give you two types two types of performances. So Mope can be untouchable, he can come off the bench, he can bang you a goal, or um he can do this where he comes on, he just literally just can't score, can't get goals for him. 
obviously certain players like Leonardo Trossard, um, Danny Welbeck, obviously formerly of Arsenal and United, so he seems to have settled in there. But uh, I think they've just snuck in there because of a lot of the team's inconsistencies kind of later in the season. Um, that's how they've snuck into the top 10. Um, I do think if they want to be finishing top 10 regularly, they're going to need to properly invest this summer. They need a proper striker, a, a striker who can get you about 15, 16 goals a season minimum um, if they want to be finishing top 10 consistently because a lot more teams are going to be stronger um, in next season. Like Newcastle, obviously, straight away are going to be in there. Um, you could look at Aston Villa, obviously, straight away are in there. And because of that, two teams could fall out. So that could be Wolves and Brighton straight away could fall out with that. Um, there could be another surprise team in there, obviously, from one of the teams that come up could could sneak in there if if the, if they all are, have busy summers. Um, like obviously Fulham as well, who've got obviously the top goal scorer from the championship and Mitrovic as well, and uh, coming up with them could easily fire them um into the top ten if if they if they're successful next season. So I do think Brighton needs to be busy this summer. Um, otherwise they're more than likely going to um struggle next season to get into top 10 do think they'll stay up though i do think they've got great quality of players um don't see them struggling really for that um obviously eighth place in the table i predicted it to be spurs i'm absolutely gutted it isn't spurs it ended up being leicester obviously leicester city (sighs) how do i describe leicester right now Brendan Rodgers had a fantastic season last season. Missed out on, obviously, just out on Champions League football, which they were absolutely gutted about. Uh, Won the FA Cup. And I think this season, the main problem with them was some injuries. Definitely, injuries was, was a key part of them. But I do think there are some of their players are getting to the, the latter stages of their career, a.k.a. Jamie Vardy. Um, I do think Jamie Vardy is at, at at some point is going to be retiring. Um, not not stre- not not probably for another two or three seasons, but he's starting to show probably his um, his age to an extent, especially with the amount of knocks he had this season. Now, don't get me wrong, Vardy still scored 15 goals. He still is one of those guys who can get you goals when you need them. But I do think they need to be looking for a long-term replacement for him. Obviously, you've got Daka, who they signed this summer, has shown glimpses, but they need they need someone, especially with Vardy. Vardy had a lot of injuries this season. Still getting 15 goals, still a world-class striker. I think the fact he's not playing for England now, I think he, that he took international retirement, is is very good, obviously, for keeping um, dragging out kind of his length of his career, obviously, by focusing just on club football. But I do think the knocks are starting to show um, kind of his age a bit. Now, the obviously, the other player who was a big part of them, um, obviously, was James Madison. Um, I do think, obviously, the the main focus for Leicester, like other teams, 
is to hold on to our key players. So obviously, Yuri Tielemans looks like he's going to go. He's not interested in staying on, wants to be playing European football. Um, I'm praying for, as an Arsenal fan that he comes to Arsenal. Um, he's been linked, obviously, with a 25 million kind of move, obviously, because he's in the last year of his contract um, to come to us. And I'm praying he does because I do think he is a fantastic player, only at uh, 25 years of age. Um, still a good, good amount of his career, not even in his prime yet, um, um, but hopefully. Um, obviously, James Madison, another player linked with Arsenal, but also linked with other big names. If Leicester don't hold on to him, that could play a big part. Uh, obviously, the good amount of goals and assists. And you've got the likes of Harvey Barnes as well, another player teams might look at. Um, the main focus for Leicester is to, to hold on to as many of their players. But I think the big issue for them this, this season coming is um, the fact they're not playing in Europe. A lot of players might be frustrated by that and might want to look elsewhere, um, especially when there's other teams maybe like United, like Arsenal, um, who are playing in Europe that might want to um, kind of recruit as they need to, um, obviously to improve their squads for the European competitions. West Ham as well, another team that might look at kind of nicking off other clubs as well. Um, But I think also as well, Leicester need to uh, recruit wisely as well this summer, bringing a, a big goal-scoring striker that can settle in and um, get them the goals that when Jamie Vardy isn't available um, because the the loss of Jamie Vardy is a big, big loss for, for Leicester and did show kind of it this season. Obviously, towards the end of the season, they, the fact they weren't playing European competition when they were knocked out did show in their performances when they got the, the, uh, three wins in their last five and the draw. Um, so that's probably their their main focus, obviously, for the season. Um, for next season is to to recruit, cover, I suppose, um, for players that that come out because injuries did did affect them this season. Um, seventh in the table. Um, obviously, I said Everton was miles off with that prediction. Obviously, with where they ended up finished, I thought Everton. Would finish well they, because they were doing it the last couple of seasons. Um, and the team that did finish in seventh place was West Ham. Now, West Ham, I said for them to finish ninth. I think West Ham are another team that have had a fantastic season. They easily could have finished in the Euro, Europa League spot. They got to the semi-final of the Europa League. And lost to Frankfurt, who obviously uh, went on to win um, the whole tournament, which I was gutted to see Rangers lose. Obviously, the final would have loved to have seen a British club obviously win um, the the Europa League, uh, especially a Scottish team when they haven't been a uh, Scottish team haven't been successful in European competition for quite some time. Uh, West Ham. You look at their players, Mikel Antonio, fantastic player, gets them plenty of goals. Um, you've got Jared Bowen, who obviously had twelve goals in the in in the league. Uh, another another player um, who bangs them in seems to have fitted into that um, style of um, football. Um, now, kind of since his move from Hull City, he, he's now kind of kicking off. 
he's a player who's linked with a lot of big names and is actually I, I know I sound probably like a broken record. It seems like everyone's been linked, but he's another player who's linked with Arsenal. I think it's just the media just trying to link every every player under the sun with Arsenal. Um, he's also been linked with Liverpool as well as a potential long-term replacement for Mohamed Salah when he eventually, eventually goes from Liverpool. Um, people are comparing the two of them, saying they have similar traits. Um, I just think he's a fantastic player. Yes, down the line, he could be a perfect replacement for Hamzab, but I think West Ham's main focus now is to keep him. And then the other player they need to focus on um, keeping is obviously Declan Rice. I think Declan Rice is such a pivotal player in that squad. He's, his defensive performances, he was in my team team of the season, um, specifically because of how much he did, how much um, he performed for them, got them finishing a lot better than they did in games. Obviously, was a big part of them getting to the semi-final, narrowly losing it in the semi-final, which they were unlucky, to be honest. Anyone could have could have won that game. Um, and I think if they can't hold on to him, that'll be a big loss. Um, so I think David Moyes this summer will be kind of hoping to recruit on top of that, especially with them playing European competition. They have a bigger shout now in obviously winning the, the Conference League. They're playing in the, the next tier. Obviously, Roma won the Conference League th- this season. I do think, looking back on it, um, this is probably a competition that's well-suited for a team like West Ham. Now, I'm not saying West Ham aren't a big club. They are a big club. Um, they want to be playing in the big competitions. But this could be the next step, um, especially with teams getting stronger next season in trying to, if if they miss out on Europa League and get Conference League maybe next season, if they, they win, obviously, the Conference League, they get that automatic placement in the Europa League. So that'll be the main focus, I think, will, will be recruitment and trying to hold on to those key players like Jared Bowen and uh, Deccan Rice. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. I know I know a few West Ham fans who are very, very impressed with how they've performed this season and were gutted, obviously, missing out on uh, on a trophy this season. Um, so definitely uh, uh, to keep an eye on, obviously, West Ham's business this summer uh, to see how um, they do. Um. Then sixth in the the league, I actually said Leicester City. Leicester obviously underachieved on that and finished lower. Um, but the team that actually finished there, who I predicted to finish a lot higher in the table in fourth place, was Manchester United. Now, Manchester United, how do I sum up their season? Um, I'll say diabolical. Um, now, the reason I'm using the word diabolical was United finished second place last season. And I think because of other teams performing badly last season and United ended up like Liverpool, obviously didn't perform well last season. United were able to sneak in there and get second table. Chelsea didn't perform as well. And then United were able to do well because of that. Um, I think it really shows the issues United have right now. Obviously now they had a change of manager. Um so change from Solskjaer, he got sacked and they brought in um uh the new manager, um can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um Ragnik. Ragnik. 
Um, and that was only temporary just to, so T- Ragnik could um, look at the problems that they've been having and can, can point out maybe the issues. Now, I think the whole way this was all done, I think the whole <laughs> Ragnik thing has been an absolute joke because now he's not even taken up his consultancy role. So it just really shows the mess United have been in, really, the last couple of seasons. Ronaldo has been the reason United have finished as high as they have. If they didn't have Ronaldo this season, United probably wouldn't even be in Europe. Next season, might not even be in the top 10. United need a clear out. United need to do what Arsenal have been doing, obviously, the last few transfer windows, um, which I'll go into more detail when when I get to, obviously, where Arsenal finished. I think, looking at this United team, they need about seven or eight players, quality players. Um, Obviously, it looks like they're going to be buying a few players. Um, They've been linked with a few players. I think one of the players that could be coming is De Jong um, from Barcelona because Barcelona need to sell players before they can buy players um, obviously they have the new manager in Ten Hag who's coming at the right time because now he's able to focus on his philosophy this summer maybe get it in, get rid of all the deadwoods, now in fairness to United they have got rid of some of the, some of the players on free co- freeze, um, obviously Pogba's now gone, Mata's now gone, Lingard's now gone, Edison Cavani's now gone so he's getting rid of some of those players that were on high wages that might help kind of with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ronaldo. Now, rumour is that Ronaldo's going to stay uh, anyway, kind of help them push to the next spot. Don't know what Ronaldo thinks about the whole playing in the Europa League next season. Um, he should be playing in the Champions League, really. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there. Um, Jaden Sancho obviously started off very slowly but kind of has kicked on from there looks like a nice player looks like he's going to be well suited uh, Donny van de Beek looks like he's going to be coming back in he played well when he went on loan to Everton so um, Ten Hag might be able to get the best out of him obviously a player he's very familiar with um, from Ajax um, so he might be able to, to get him back to his best playing the style he wants I do think United are going to be busy this summer in regards to recruitment. I do think there'll be a few players sold and there'll be a, a good few players brought in. It'll be interesting to see who comes in. Uh, Rumour is there's a few Ajax players that Ten Hag is already looking at or players that were, did play for Ajax before and that he wants to bring in. Uh, links with Ericsson as well. At, that United are a team that are looking at Christian Ericsson maybe as a possibility to bring him in uh, on a deal. Um especially the fact that he's free free transfer as well. Um, so we'll be interested to see what happens there. Uh, I do think, though, United need a proper, proper clear-out, though, of their players. And I do think to see United back to their best, it's going to take three or four seasons, or at least four or five transfer windows, like what Arsenal have to do. Um, Arsenal are still nowhere near where they need to be to be, to be up. Um, and I will go into that more detail. But United, United have a lot to do with that team. Um, the owners need to kind of cop on themselves and need to see that the whole second managers bringing in managers isn't the problem here. It's the, the players themselves that are a problem. So they need to give 
Ten Hag time. They need to let him do his philosophy. They, they need to give him the authority to do what he needs to do to get them back to their best. But I do not. I do not expect United to be competing next season. Um, maybe for maybe they might compete for some trophies like kind of cup competitions or the Europa League. Maybe, but I don't. I don't see them. Um, I don't realistically. I don't see them getting top four next season. Um, if everything goes well for the t- the other teams that are there, um, so it will be interesting to see kind of what happens with United um this summer. Um, so yeah, they're obviously sixth place. Fifth place in the table was probably a, a team I expected to finish there. Obviously, now looking back on how they finished, I'm kind of a bit pissed off as a fan um, that we didn't finish higher. Um, it was obviously Arsenal. Um, if, you, if, if you're not aware, obviously, you, could, <laughs> you couldn't put one and two together. Arsenal finished fifth. Uh, looking back on it, obviously... Great to see that I I predict I could predict where my own team finished, <laughs> um, but Arsenal realistically should have finished fourth. Uh, the problem with Arsenal finishing uh, fifth was January. Uh, I said it in the podcast last week. I think the biggest problem for most Arsenal fans was that January transfer window. You sell um, Aubameyang. Um, Lacazette's coming towards the end of his contract, not seems to be playing. And he can't just come and see the end of his contract, doesn't seem to be playing as much. Um, but you sell Aubameyang and you don't bring in anyone. I just don't understand what went wrong with the club there. Obviously, we were linked with Vlahovic. Vlahovic went to Juventus. I don't know how true it was for us close to signing him. Um, blah, 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 kind of stuff, whatever was in the news there. <sighs> It was frustrating. January transfer window, before it happened, everyone was like, oh, we're going to be, I do and all that. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to be very uh, active in this transfer window. We're linked with a tra- midfielder, never materialized. Linked with a striker, never materialized. We were just linked with players, nothing materialized. It's been very frustrating as a fan to watch that from the outside. This Arsenal management structure whatever is going on is not working or there's some communication breaking down like already uh, i'll say it now looking in obviously the transfer window now uh, just opened there on friday i don't know what's going on at this club we're being linked with obviously two men's we're linked with gabriel jesus there apparently are two key signings that we want to sign why hasn't the signing been made yet um obviously there's we're apparently close to sign uh this completed the signing of this 19 year old um from santos um marquinhos for three million which apparently is a steal or something never heard of him not familiar with him so i think he'll be a player that will pretty much be loaned out um just to get more experience or will be in the academy um maybe if he's still with the team might get some game time in in the, the europa league this season but Arsenal this season need minimum four or five players signed. They need two two centre mids, someone like Thielmans, and maybe someone like uh, Basuma. They need minimum one striker, if not two. They need a fullback um, of some sort, whether it can be a fullback that can play on the left and the right. Um, 
obviously been linked with Zinchenko. Uh, don't know if that will happen. Obviously Hickey as well, who's done well at Bologna, Bologna um, in the Italian league. Um, Scottish player. Um, haven't seen him play, so couldn't tell you what he's like. Um, I think the other thing as well that's very important to Arsenal this summer is Bakayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, and William Saliba. Now, apparently Saliba's coming back in. He's going to be get, given the chance, um, and he's gonna he's gonna get game time next season. Um, obviously, there's uh, rumors that he he wants to be back in Marseille because he wants to play in the Champions League. But if they're going to bring him back in, the first thing with all three of those players, they're on two years left in their contract. You need to tie them down to a new deal. Um, the main focus for obviously William Saliba this season. Is he needs obviously game time because he wants to be playing Champions League. He was the young player of the year in the French league, was a standout performer for the French team, has been a, a great performer uh, for the national team in the last few games, obviously over this international break um, after the season, and um, wants to be going to the World Cup next season. Um, so he's coming back in, he wants to be first name on the team sheet. So Arteta apparently wants to do that but if you're going to keep him you need to sign him to a new deal otherwise you risk the whole um selling him for nothing pretty much next season if he doesn't sign a new deal um so that's obviously the main fo- main focus of the club as well is is to get players signing new deals and to obviously um sign sign some players so in my opinion the players I would sign would be Tillemans Gabriel Jesus, Yves Basuma, um, Zinchenko, and if not Zinchenko, Aaron Hickey, and then um, maybe another attacker would be uh, something for me. So um, I think Rafinha was, is a bunt we'd be linked to. It. He'd, he'd be nice if he can play on the left as well as the right. Um, obviously, Nabry was one we were linked with. I don't think that'll let that'll happen anyway um would be nice as an arsenal fantasy and come back um and then um i think we do need another left-footed center back obviously to compete with gabrielle as well especially playing in europe i don't think we've got the thing we've got three kind of right-footed center backs in white holding and saliba but after that you've got Mari who looks like he's going to be sold this summer, so you need someone to come in there and help with that. Um, but yeah, Arsenal need a busy summer. Um, I think all Arsenal fans are crying out. I know Tommy and myself we talk about regularly that um, we need a signing. Uh, if we don't get the signing, that's going to be a problem. At the signings, that's going to be a problem um, next season. And if if we don't get the signings, Arteta will be gone. Um, not long into the season. I think the main focus now on the on the club is they need to give Arteta the money and say, look, buy what you need, tell us what you want, we'll give you the money, you get me you get us the players, you get us get trophies. That's what we want. That's what the club need to focus on now is the next step, which is getting up, competing with uh, Liverpool, competing with Man City, getting trophies into the team, getting into the Champions League. That is what they need to be focused on now. We're we've gotten we've progressed from obviously not being in Europe to being in Europe, being close to getting Champions League. Next step is to get Champions League and get at least a trophy next season. That's the minimum requirement as 
from Arsenal next season is get into the Champions League and get a minimum some sort of trophy. Um, so it'll be. I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens. Right now, I'm frustrated already because of this whole international duty cause and obviously disruption. I know the transfer window's only just open, but I can't wait for this international window to finish so we can see if players will sign with us kind of soon enough. We need them for preseason, especially with um, what's happening later this year with the, the World Cup. You need a lot of players in your squad because there will be players um, that will be going to us. So say we Arsenal sign Tillemans, you sign, obviously, um, Gabriel Jesus, two of the players who could be going to the World Cup. You need a good depth in squad. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, obviously, fourth place in the table, I said United. Obviously, the team that finished there, which to my frustration that they finished there, obviously, was Spurs. So Spurs, I think... The reason they finished in fourth was down to one man and one man only. Conte. Antonio Conte is a very world-class manager. When Spurs signed him, I remember I remember speaking to two or three people and saying, oh my goodness. Spurs have signed one of the best managers in the league. Um, and what uh, Antonio Conte does is he gets He's like what I'm not saying he's as good as, but he's like Sir Alex Ferguson. He can take an average player and he can get 100, 150% out of them um, of quality. Now, don't get me wrong. Spurs have quality players. They've got Harry Kane. They've got a uh, human son. They've got a young player in Kudusevsky who they have on loan at the, till the end of um, this season, the next next season. They've got Bent Core, who they got on um, a permanent deal, who looks really good. Obviously, Christian Romero, who's a f- looks like a great defender. Hugo Lloris, obviously captain of France, world class player. But the difference in manager, obviously, Nuno got the first three games, got obviously ended up getting uh, manager of the month for August, and then it just seemed to just kind of go down. But what you need. To, to keep Antonio Conte now, he needs to be given the money um, for Spurs. If he's not given the money, he's not given the what he needs, he's not going to stay. He's not going to get the best out of players. He'll end up leaving, and then Spurs will go, fall down again. The, the thing that Spurs need to do now is they need to win a trophy. And the reason they need to win a trophy is the likes of Harry Kane and Human Son. They're coming towards the latter stages of the career. They still have probably four or five seasons left them minimum um but they'll start raising questions as am i gonna get trophies obviously kane last season was the thing it's, it looked like obviously man city were going to sign him then everything materialized obviously the whole jack Grealish transfer then boosted kane's price then daniel levy didn't want to sell him type of thing but kane will be kind of keeping an eye on that if he doesn't win a trophy under antonio conte um he will start to think i need to go I need to win a trophy. I'm coming towards the later stage of his his career. He, if if he stays at Spurs and Spurs don't win anything, he won't be ranked as a world class striker as much as say the likes of Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer won a league title. Harry Kane hasn't won any league cup trophy yet. 
And if he doesn't win any sort of trophy, he won't be ranked as, as a world-class striker. He'll be kind of... He'll be a great striker who's been in the Premier League. But to be a world-class striker, you need to win trophies. And right now, he doesn't have that. Yeah, he's won accolades. He's won top goal score, stuff like that. That shouldn't be in his mind now. The, the main focus for him now should be, I need to win trophies. I need to be winning the league. I need to be winning cup, tro- game, cup trophies. And, that. and right now... I don't think Spurs are good enough for that. I think Antonio Conte will get them, could maybe get them a cup, but I don't think they're the type of team right now looking at them. They're not going to be winning the league. They're not going to be winning the Champions League. There's too many better teams than them in that. They could win the FA Cup. They could win the Carabao Cup, definitely. Um, but I do think if Antonio Conte doesn't win a trophy next season, he'll be gone. He'll, he'll say, I'm not interested. I'm leaving. Uh, or Daniel Levy will sack him. Um, and if he goes, I do think some of the other player, big players will go as well. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see Spurs suffer next season. I'd love to see them underperform um, compared to how they've done this season and then finish not even in the European spots. But realistically, I, I do think they'll be in the European spot next season, but they need a busy summer. Like most of the teams, they need a busy summer as well to bring in players, especially in the defensive side. Uh, I don't think defensively they're very good. Um, Romero's been very good for them, and obviously Kugori's been a big part of them, obviously getting results. Um, but they need another quality centre back, and maybe the full backs need to be kind of improved as well. So uh, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, Spence has been linked with them, who was at uh, Nottingham Forest on loan from Middlesbrough. It looks like they're going to sign him for £20 million, um, which is a start of showing that obviously they need to improve. So. Uh, we'll be interested to see kind of how their summer goes as well, like many other teams. Um, um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, then we move on to third in the table. Um, I said uh, Man City, who ended up winning the league. Um, and it's because the team I said to that uh, I said to finish first was the team that actually finished third, which was Chelsea. Now, don't get me wrong. Chelsea, half of the season, were showing why they won the Champions League last season and the Super Cup. Lukaku seemed to be firing, obviously, after seven games. He was firing. He was uh, Him and, obviously, Salah, I think, were pretty much close to each other for top goal score. Um, and then, obviously, I think the whole Inter Milan fiasco interview kind of thing happened and Lukaku wasn't getting game time then had a few knocks as well um literally has been a disaster of a season for Romelu Lukaku to be honest um and it already looks like he could be going back to Inter Milan on loan at least um because Inter Milan don't have the money to sign him permanently um I just think looking at I've I watched Chelsea play this season against Man City um Lukaku doesn't suit their style of football. Um, Chelsea like to play this whole pass the ball around, like like City. They like to play it, pass the ball around, and don't play to didn't play to Lukaku's strengths. Um, were hitting balls miles away, miles too quick for him. I think Lukaku's good at holding up the ball, kind of making those runs, kind of to be slotted through for goals. Chelsea weren't playing to that style of football. Um, didn't suit it. Um, and I do think Lukaku will be gone this summer. Uh, Chelsea obviously had the fiasco of the whole Abramovich thing. 
um, which isn't yet over. Kind of, they, they obviously Todd Todd Bowley did buy them, but they haven't been approved to to sign any players yet. Obviously, after the takeover, so they're still waiting on that approval. Then, because of that, they've had a lot of players leave. So it looks like Aspilicueta could be leaving. It looks like uh, Alonso's leaving. Um, Christensen's leaving. Rudiger, they're probably their best player from last season. He's gone as well. Um, he's gone to Madrid. Um, Chelsea, in my opinion, next season, if they don't recruit what they need, uh, they won't be in the top four next season. Um, if other teams improve drastically, it'll be Chelsea probably in fifth, sixth, or, or seventh in the table. Um, I don't think they've got the the quality of players to to challenge consistently for top four. Yeah, they got they did well, obviously getting the Champions League with some of the players. I don't think looking at them, they're as strong as they used to be. Um. That Lukaku obviously signing seemed to be a mistake. Mentality-wise in the squad, it kind of showed. Um, Tuchel's been very good uh, as manager for them. Has pretty much won them loads of trophies. Um, but I think he, he'll start to see kind of the difference, obviously, in squads. Like, when you look at the likes of the Man City and Liverpool, um, there's another level um, that they need to get up to. And to get that, they need to... Get a striker that'll get them goals. They missed out on one of the key strike, two key strikers probably this summer, and obviously Haaland and obviously Mbappe. Obviously Mbappe signed his new long term deal. I'll go into that in another episode uh, when we do kind of on another thing, um, which is a bit ridiculous. Like I'm looking at that contract, um, and then obviously Haaland's gone to Man City. Not much, not much you can do there. Um, really with that, that was kind of destiny nearly because of his dad playing for Man City. Um, but Chelsea Chelsea really needs need to pull themselves together. I don't think as well in the market they're going to be as competitive as they have been. Obviously, um, Abramovich was pumping money into Chelsea kind of throughout the years um, and getting them um, what they need to improve. They're not going to have that consistent cash flow where they can just spend, 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 spend with no consequences. Uh, the bowlies will be looking for money back after giving, supplying them with money. So you will see a difference probably in the thing. Might affect them. The salaries as well might be affected by this. Um, will be completely different to what they've had. So Chelsea fans, get yourselves tucked in. It's not going. It's going to be a very bumpy ride um, for you kind of down the, over the next couple of years kind of to get yourselves back to where you need to be. Um, now, don't get me wrong, you could uh, we could be surprised, but I don't think we will be. I, I do think it's going to be a tough time for, for Chelsea fans. Um, so, yeah, um, not much else I can say on that. Obviously, then, second place was the last team I got correctly, which is obviously Liverpool. Um, Liverpool are a world-class team. Liverpool could have easily have had the quadruple this season. I think they were unlucky on the last day, last day of the season, not to win with Aston Villa literally crumbling under Man City to to um, lose the title literally by a point. And um, I think the Champions League as well. Liverpool were all over Real Madrid, just didn't take their chances and. That was the main issue. Like three three cup finals, 
three goalless scores. Um, no, no goals. Like it's just not good enough for Wokas team. Like you look at their attack; they've one of the best attack attacks in the world. Like looking at you've got Salah, you've got Mane. Obviously, Mane looks like he's going. You've got Jota, you've got Firmino, you've got um some young players like Harvey Elliott coming in. It looks like obviously Louis Diaz, who has been a revelation for them, seems to be like seems to be a player that looked like he's always been at Liverpool. Um, and I do think, um, they will, but obviously it looks like they're going to bring in a new striker in Nunez and obviously Carvalho, uh, coming from Fulham as well. It'll be a fantastic signing for them. It looks like their squad is getting stronger and stronger. Now, the other thing they need to do is they need to, to sign Salah to a new contract, which I do realistically see him being done this summer. Don't see him leaving. Um, there's Nunez player as well, could be kind of, a long-term replacement for Firmino as well. This Liverpool team just seems to just not um, get bad, play badly. Like I know that last season they, they they finished lower in the table than they should have, um, but realistically, next season they'll be challenging for the title again, challenging for for more trophies. They're world class, and they're the last last season, it was because Van Dijk was out. You see how much Van Dijk won. He hasn't lost a game at home since he's been at Liverpool. Like that's a scary statistic. Um, and I do, th- I do see Liverpool winning more and more trophies. They could easily win the league next season if if uh, all their transfers go the way they want them to. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, definitely, we'll try and get to see them play next season to kind of look at them. Uh, Especially against Man City as well, maybe um, to to watch that would be a game a good game to see. But yeah, this Liverpool side is fantastic, great players, um, and they just seem to look like they're getting stronger. Klopp doesn't seem like he wants to to, to leave them anytime soon. He he lo- he's loving life there, winning trophies. That's that's the main thing for him. He's won pretty much every trophy he can with Liverpool. Um, so he's he's a happy man, as they say. Um, but yeah, not much you can say on that. Be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, if outgoings, obviously Mane looks like he's gone. Pretty much wants to kind of get a, one last big move. I think for the end of his career. Um, I think the other one then, obviously, then you go to the the first in the table. Obviously, was Man City, who I said finished third. Now looking at this Man City team, um. This season, they were very lucky to uh, to win the title. Uh, I think they did very well. Obviously, they were 14 points he- ahead in January, and then they disintegrated. Even while Liverpool were missing key players, they seemed to just fall apart. Liverpool got back in there. And they were lucky on the last game of the season that Aston Villa disintegrated. Otherwise, they would have lost the trophy. Um, now... They've done. They've they've been very smart. Um, they've signed two strikers now who look like they're going to be big parts, obviously, in next season, which is a reason why Gabriel Jesus looks like he's leaving. They've signed Julian Alvarez, who they kind of signed last last in January, but loaned him back out um, to River Plate. But he's coming back in. It looks like um, in the summer, ready for preseason. He looks like a quality player. He's represent. He's gotten into the the Argentina national team. And he scored, Was it, I think it was in the competition the other day. Um, 
he scored five goals in in a match um uh for River Plate in a in a cup competition. Uh he looks like a really good player. He's only eighteen years of age. Um so kind of scary to see that. He could be someone could be the replace long term replacement for Aguero, obviously who they lost a few seasons ago. And then they've brought in easily one of the best strikers in in the world at the young strikers in the world at the moment in um Haaland. Um which is kind of scary to see. Like that was the problem I think with Man City with not winning uh European trophy. They've got nice squad all around, kind of nice wing players, nice stuff like that. Bringing in Erling Haaland, you're going to go to the next stage. That's what they've been missing. That's why they haven't been winning the Champions League. With him in there, they could easily win the Champions League next season. Now, they could disintegrate like they've always have, but they're now at that next level they need to be to, or brought in those players that they need to. So definitely keep an eye out on Haaland for them next season. If he can keep fit and get, get play the way he has been in, in the German league. And obviously when he was at Red Bull Salzburg, um, Man City could easily win the run away with, with, with trophies next season. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll be intrigued to watch, watch them. Uh, I will. And I will warn you in advance, I will be going to plenty of Man City games just to watch even just her Haaland. Cause he is a world-class player. Um, as well as going to obviously some some Arsenal games down in, in the Emirates as well. Um, kind of then looking back, obviously, so kind of looking back, I've literally got four teams correct in the correct position. <laughs> Not great, obviously, for my first season, uh, kind of predicting them on the podcast. Um, and then I had two teams that were one position off. So kind of I the way I did it was I gave three points if I got them in the correct position and one point if if I um was one or two uh places off. So basically I finished with three, six, nine, twelve, fourteen points. Um <laughs> out of quite a lot of points. So I'll take that obviously for my first season, um, especially when I've been pricking all twenty teams. It's 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 hard to get teams in the right position, but I was impressed I got Arsenal right. <laughs> and there. Um, annoyed, I kind of got Arsenal right because I would love to finish fourth and be just a po- uh, just a point rather than the three points, but not much you can do there. Um, I look back on kind of the individual awards I gave. So I said Player of the Season. I kind of went off how I finished. So I said Lukaku and Angola Kante. You won't go too much into that because obviously Lukaku had a awful thing. Chelsea didn't win, so that's I went off Chelsea winning the title, so I gave it to thing obviously Mohamed Salah got it understandable world-class player deserved it won't go into too much detail of that young player of the season uh was Phil Foden um but I said I did say Phil Foden but I also said someone who I won't go into too much details obviously Mason Greenwood obviously this was before everything that happened that happened is pretty much his his career is over pretty much as a as a player um so I won't go too much into that, but that's who I said. Foden slash Greenwood were was who I said. Um, signing of the season, I said Lukaku and Ronaldo. I, I couldn't decide between the two of them. Ronaldo, you could easily say, was the signing of the season because he he got United up into Europe, which without him, they probably wouldn't have been in Europe. Um, so you could easily say that. Thing, but I said kind of at the end of the season it was either Louis Diaz or Ericsson. Um, 
so I didn't get that one right. Surprise team of the season. I was correct. I said Brentford. Well deserved. Fantastic. Unreal. I'm hoping they kick on next season and maybe break the top 10. Hopefully they can secure Ericsson on a, on a deal and keep him um, to help keep their team performing well. Manager of the season, I said Thomas Tuchel. Obviously, wasn't Thomas Tuchel. Um, we said we kind of we had a few opinions last week. Um, was Eddie Howe really was who I said at the at the end. Um, well deserved, really. Eddie Howe, fantastic position. It'd be nice to see if he can kick on from there. Obviously, with them. Um, and then top goal score, I said Mohamed Salah. Um, and it was Mohamed Salah. <laughs> um, I think we kind of knew earlier in the season that he was going to run away with it, to be honest again. But we did see a surprise in human son, obviously, get in there, um, which is the only trophy Spurs have seen <laughs> in quite a while. Um, his golden boots uh, from Kane and Son now. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's it'll be interesting to see if Spurs are anything uh Next season, hopefully not. Uh, hopefully, uh, their t- trophy job continues, and Arsenal win something next season instead. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I think, kind of looking back on it now, I will. I will do something. I won't do it. Kind of a few games in, I'm going to do it before the start of next season, and I might even do it with someone. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I will might probably do it with like that. I might do a couple of people on as well. Um, and we might do it. Um, hopefully, um, we'll we'll have more guests on. Obviously, before the end of the season, um, we might have a few more episodes. Um, I will kind of wrap up. Hopefully, by the end of July, I will kind of wrap up. Um, season two and kind of season three will be back in kind of just before the start of the new season. Um, but I'd like to take the time. To, um, obviously to thank all all my fans uh all the people who listen in on this podcast i know um this it, i'm just some guy who's doing this obviously in in his apartment obviously type of thing thing i'm doing this for fun this is not all about the amount of listeners we have or anything this is something i love to do i love to talk football I'd love to be doing this, obviously, on like talk sport or something like that, or I could speak more regularly to fans and stuff like that, kind of get their opinions. But this is just something I love to do. I don't want, I, I don't want to be paid for it. I just want to do it for fun. Um, I enjoy it. It's just great to talk football and talk about something I love. I'm passionate about. I've played uh, at a high level in, and I love listening to what other people other people's thoughts on things so i really want to take the opportunity to thank everyone who's listened into the podcast like we we get listeners on every episode and i i've always had great feedback on it and stuff to improve stuff people might want to listen to it's fantastic as i've always said if you're if this is your first time listening or you've listened multiple times and you're thinking oh i'd love to be on at some stage don't be afraid to to message me i am very happy to get people on um, at Little Martin or at What a Hit Sun Podcast. Um, I'm on Instagram. I also we also have a TikTok, uh, which I haven't used in a while. I need to get back on using it, um, especially obviously with the transfer window happening. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to contact me. I'm happy to get people on, arrange to get you on, even if it's not for this season, even for season three when we get come back for it. Happy to get you on. Um, and I suppose this is probably the uh, best place to obviously finish off the, the podcast episode. 
So thank you so much for listening uh, and your for your continued support. Until next time, I've been Keen Samuel Mark, and this has been What a Hit Son.